Good morning. Welcome to church. Thank you for joining this online church service of the SA Church in the UK. It's our prayer that with um, our coming together that we may worship God, that He will be the one true God in all our lives, all our hearts, all our minds. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we may come this morning and come together in prayer. Thank you that we may come to you as the Lord God Almighty, the God that's ruler of heaven and earth, but also the God that loves each one of us deeply. Thank you that we know you care. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we know that you are the one we can trust with all our lives everything we have with all our feelings everything we worry about everything we think about everything that's going on in our lives that we may come this morning and that we can give it to you with the knowledge that you are here that you listen that you know everything of each one of us Thank you for your word. Thank you that that scripture can can be an anchor, can 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 be a, 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 a way for us to hold on to your promises, onto who you are, that we can we we can be taught through scripture how you are. And Lord Jesus, we we come this morning because we don't want to live without you. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Um, throughout summer, we've been talking through Daniel, looking at the life of Daniel and the way he and his three friends made a difference. Um, and the first six chapters of the book of Daniel tell the story of Daniel and his friends, how in, through different kings and kingdoms, they made a difference in the king's court. And how they, they lived their faith in a world without God. Um, and that's maybe one of the big messages of Daniel, that we can't withdraw. We can't step away from life. We can't, we can't decide that we don't have a responsibility to live our faith each day. To witness and to, and to be witnesses. And, and if we look at what Daniel and his three friends did, it's clear that they lived as if everything depended on them. With the conviction that the Lord will provide and that they can trust the Lord. Um, but throughout the whole book of Daniel, we also saw how God was at work. Um, even even if the king, even w uh, when there was a succession of kings, it didn't matter. God was the one constant, not only in Daniel's lives, but even in the lives of these kings. Um, God was the one that was in charge, was in heaven. He was still God Almighty. It doesn't matter who was king. Uh, even to that level that, that some of the kings had to acknowledge him as God. We saw that in Nebuchadnezzar's life. Um, we saw how Belshazzar didn't want to admit that he was the one true God. But always, also in, in Darius and Chorus's life, 
um, they acknowledges God. Listen to what um, what Darius said, King Darius said in Daniel 6, uh, verse 26, last two verses of chapter 6. He said, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reference the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in heavens and on earth. And now we come to the second part of the book of Daniel. This chapter, uh, chapter 7 to 12. It's that part of Daniel that we don't read. We normally stop after Daniel in the, in the lion's den. And we hear, wow, the Lord's delivered Daniel. And on we go with our lives. And we don't realize this. So much more in the book of Daniel. Um, because chapter, chapter 7 to 12 is a, is, is, is a story of a few visions Daniel had. A few dreams he had. And, and, and how the Lord helped him to interpret it. And how, how the Lord helped him to, to understand what, uh, what that was all about. Um, maybe it's the easiest to say that, that the, the, the general... Um, uh, general general way to look at it is to understand it as as a correction um, towards the kingdoms that Daniel was living in. Uh, the Lord gave him a dream and a vision, and it helped him to understand what was God's role in all that, uh, what was their responsibility, how are they going to go through all of this. But we also know that visions and dreams that in the Bible has got some meaning for us as well. It talked about, talks about our lives as well. There's, there's a message for each one of them in that as well. It's got something to say for our lives today also because we also live in a different kingdom. We also read and see and live with leaders that make strange choices that we don't always understand and sometimes know they don't serve the Lord. And the impact those choices and decisions and, and decrees have on our lives as well. So, so to a certain extent, Daniel 7 to 12, talk to us today. It's got a message for us. Um, in the first instance, we can say clearly that um, it was meant for the people in Babylon. Israel that was an exile in Babylon. Um, but on a different level, it's meant throughout history for people that's under pressure. People that's in trouble. People that just try to survive. People that try to be faithful to their God in the most difficult circumstances. Um, there's a few um, visions that Daniel have, and we're just going to look at two of them. Um, but do yourself a favor and read through uh, chapter 7 to 12. Um, let's start with Daniel chapter 7. Um, it says Daniel dream of four beasts. Uh, he dream of four different animals. Um, strange animals which represent the four different kingdoms. Um, we, um, which go back through Daniel's whole life. And then uh, important uh, for us is in, in verse 9. Daniel says. He says after he saw the four animals and how they were constant battle with each other he says verse 9 as i looked thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat his clothing was as white as snow 
The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousands times ten thousands stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Verse 13. In my vision at night I looked and before me was one like son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Daniel, Daniel was in a situation where they were in exile and there were a lot of kings in charge of their lives the whole time. And the one message that he had to give his people was that God is still on the throne. God's not yet finished. He holds history in his hand. When one kingdom after another will, will have come and gone, God will still be on his throne. It doesn't matter who's president or who's minister or who's king or who's queen. God is still on the throne. Even if, those, if this generation is passed, God will still be on his throne. His power and his authority does not depend on people, on kings, on, on, on kingdoms, on, on rulers of our day. Um, God is bigger. God sees the big picture of our life. He sees the big picture of history. And his kingdom will last forever. That's what Daniel sees. You see all these animals were fighting among each other. And then I saw the throne. And the Ancient of Days was on the throne. God will rule forever. The interesting thing is, is that, we, that if we read the story and we see that God's on the throne, it actually means that God comes to a point where he says, this is how far you can go. I wouldn't allow you to do this and this and this. Because God's bigger. God sits on the throne. He's ruling. And even if it doesn't feel like that, and even if we look around us and there's chaos and things go wrong, and, and we wonder where does this, this war come from, and where does this infighting come from, God is above that. He sits on the throne. And, and so easily, if we, if, we, if we look at God on the throne where he's the judge, we can, we can be afraid of that. We can think, but, oh, God's going to judge us because we know that we're not good enough. We know there's nothing in our life that's going right. <laughs> it's easy to think, but uh, to be afraid of the fact that God's a judge. But that's not the meaning of it. The meaning of it is God's control. He's in control of our lives. He's in control of history. We don't need to worry. We don't need to judge people. God's our judge. Later in John, 
when 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 the, uh, John talks about the Holy Spirit that comes, you call him um, uh, the the one that will stand in our place. He's our he's our lawyer for our defense before God. God's not only the judge on the throne; He's our lawyer, the one that's fighting our cause every day. That's what it means to each one of us. That's why we see all these colors, all this white. Um, he says his clothing was as white as snow. It, it, it was without blemish. It was clean. Um, he talks about a fire that will cleanse us, that will clean everything. God is the one that will make everything right. That's what Daniel sees in this vision. And then, then he sees Jesus. Then he sees Jesus coming. And Jesus will rule forever. How amazing is that? 400 years before Jesus came, Daniel saw it in this dream. He's, he's written it down. He said, but Jesus is coming. <laughs> um, Jesus will, will be our ruler. Listen to what he says. He says, he was given authority, verse 14, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. To the people of Daniel's time, the message was God's kingdom will last forever. For us, the message is still the same. God's kingdom will last forever. Second interesting thing that we see that happens is as soon as Daniel had this visions, almost like the same happened to him that happened to a lot of prophets that had visions in the Old Testament. Um, they come to a point where they say, but wow, if God is so almighty, look how we are. If you come into the presence of light, you're dead. Are clearly visible. You see, you're never good enough. Listen how Daniel says this. He says, he prayed to the Lord. Uh, Daniel 9, chapter 9, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked. And have rebuilt. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. Almost as if Daniel come and say, Lord, if I see you on the throne and I see how almighty you are. The one thing that I clearly know is that I'm not good enough. I have sinned. I can't come into your presence. I have done so many things that was wrong. Me and my people are guilty. And it's so easy to think that with all our sin and all our iniquities and everything we didn't do right, that we are not welcome in front of God's throne, that there's no place for us. We 
because isn't that what we sometimes think that if the books are being opened opened up and all our sin and all our transgressions are written down we don't have a chance that that's the end of the road for each one of us but Daniel comes and he comes before the Lord and he repents and he and his people that were, that, that were in this crisis of, of, of existence, their, their future was destroyed. They come and repent and say, Lord, it's our fault. We the guilty ones. We didn't listen. We didn't change our lives. We didn't trust you. And, and then... In this situation where Daniel was, with the uncertainty about their future, with everything that's going on in the political arena around them, in the, in, 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 in the life they, they tried to figure out in a strange and different country, and the negative possible negative impact it would have, could have on their relationship with the Lord. It was so easy to turn around and say, Lord, you did this. You brought this on us. But that's not what Daniel did. He said, I'm guilty. I'm not good enough. And the best answer that comes from God's the following. Read with me chapter 9, verse 20. Listen to this word. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Daniel, even before you started to pray, there was one thing that I heard from God, and that is that he loves you, that you are highly esteemed. doesn't matter how much fault you made. doesn't matter how much you sinned. doesn't matter how, much, how guilty you are. You are highly esteemed. I love you. The Lord says, that's the reality of life, Daniel, angel Gabriel came and told him. It doesn't matter how many kingdoms are there. It doesn't matter how many kingdoms come to a fall, how many rulers stand up again. It doesn't matter what... Um, what challenges there's going to be for you and your faith and for your people. It doesn't matter how difficult life's going to be. I will still love you, says the Lord. We will prevail because God loves us. And that's the difference. We've got this almighty God on the throne. We've got this almighty God that's in charge of history. We've got in all this almighty God that whose rule will never end. And this God loves us. 
and through all Daniel's visions and, and, and through everything he saw and through everything he experienced, there's two things that will remain in place and that's that God's on the throne and this God loves us. Isn't that what he said in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Isn't that why are we, are, we are believers? Because we've got a God that loves us, that came into our world, that stood with us, that's with us at this moment right now in history. God is here because he loves us. I don't know what's your specific situation. I don't know where you find yourself at. I know God's on the throne and he's still in charge and he's the judge and we can trust him because he is a God that loves us. And I think that's a challenge. We sometimes forget about the God um, and God's love. We sometimes forget that, that this God holds our lives in his hands. And it's so easy to, to live our lives and to for, to, to don't take into account everything he promises and everything he does and everything he, he wants to do in our lives. But the one message through all, through all history is that God loves us. And he chooses to be involved in our lives and we can trust him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love, for your protection. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are God that's still on the throne. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we know that you love us and that there's no end to your love for each one of us. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. We can bring our offerings. You see all the options available. Thank you for each one of you um, for what you are giving and bringing every Sunday. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his countenance upon you and give you peace.